Unfiltered, DBE Diverse Business Elite Magazine's premier podcast. We bring you the voices of today's renowned societal leaders and community stakeholders who contribute to making a difference talking about what they do, how they got there, and what they're thinking about in this sometimes controversial world of diversity, inclusion, and race relations. In this episode, I'm going to give it a try because I think I can. And, and and, and sometimes I had to force myself to say that um, because I may not have had the expertise in this particular area, but I did bring a certain set of experiences and skills to the table that really no one else did. DBE Future Leaders. Yeah, so I have read your bio and I've seen many great things that you've accomplished, like very inspirational. And uh, I'm again, once again, very thankful for the opportunity. So I would like to thank by acknowledging that you have been selected to be featured on the cover of the DBE magazine. And DBE stands for Diverse Business Elite. As you know, the magazine does highlight and champion the commitment of the nation's top leaders, corporations, educators, and policymakers who are dedicated to be to bring positive change, diversity, and inclusive initiatives. So um, the magazine has put together a great deal of thought as to who they would like to choose to feature their cover. And uh, you are chosen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, the very first question I have for you about like how, what makes you the world elite for the DBE magazine is what is your leadership style? Yeah, no, um, I think it's a real privilege to have been uh, asked to, to be a part of this. And, and um, to me, I've had, as you've read in my bio, a number of different um, jobs and careers throughout my, um, you know, from the very beginning. And I, and I do think at the heart of each one is this idea of fairness, equity, diversity, inclusion. Um, whether I had the title of my job or, or not. So I do feel very privileged to be talking about this um, subject that I'm so passionate about. You know, so um, when you asked about leadership style, you know, I've been really so fortunate to have these different positions throughout my career. And at, and at each step of the way, including at the very, very beginning, most people at the very beginning don't have a chance to step into a leadership role, but I did when I, and I had an um, when I started off my career in the Air Force as an Air Force officer. So from the very beginning, I've had the opportunity to serve in a leadership role. And because of that, I've had the chance to lead myself and learn from my own mistakes, um, but also observe a lot of different types of leaders. And, and each step of the way I've grown personally as a leader, um, I've taken in all of those best practices from role models. I've also had the chance to observe what I don't want to be in, in some leaders, right? And, and so because of that background, when people ask me about my leadership style, I, I like to say that I have a situational 
leadership style, meaning that I've had to adjust and step up and be the type of leader that was driven by that moment, by the needs of that team, by the mission of that organization, by the culture of where I happen to be. And I've been able to, to flex that given the different places I've been. So, you know, so I mentioned, you know, I started off my career as a Air Force officer and a lawyer, you know, for the Air Force. That that requires a different set of leadership skills than being the chief diversity officer at the Department of Agriculture, which is different than, you know, being at the White House um, and, and being their director of space done policy. So um, I've just had to be the leader that's needed by that team at that time at that place. That is very impressive. Just it's like a light switch, right? <laughs> You're constantly turning on. In some in some sense, and it's it's I feel like it's pulling, you know, it's kind of pulling from a, a toolbox of, of of tools that you've collected, you know, over time and, and pulling out the right tool for the right right situation. Yeah, yeah. That that's impressive. Oh man. So uh, because we are in the STEM field, um, I have one question, another question, which is what advice would you offer a student who is trying to succeed in the STEM field? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, while I've done diversity, equity, inclusion work in a lot of different fields, um, this work around STEM and uh, DEIB is really close to my heart because, you know, STEM absolutely, it, it it's encompasses so many different career paths and STEM leads to these exciting careers. But as you probably experience, have I experienced the journey to get there can be really hard. <laughs> so, you know, when I when people ask me about the advice, I would say that um, the first bit of advice would be that to know that you belong in, in STEM. It's actually that is the tagline of a whole Department of Education initiative that they've launched about um, you know STEM identity and, and STEM belonging, but that you belong in STEM, that there's a place for you in these STEM fields. So when the going gets tough, you're able to surround yourself with, with peers that are on this journey with you, you know, to help carry you along the way. You find mentors to help coach you along the way. And you find those role models who have blazed that path before you. And, um, and to know that there are communities, whether it's kind of in your local area, whether it's via social media or virtual groups, and there's communities who are ready to support you on, on this path because you absolutely should be you know, part of STEM and you belong in STEM. Sometimes when you are the only, whether it is the only woman, the only person of color, uh, whatever only might be, it can feel lonely. But to know that uh, your voice is so needed in, in STEM and to lean on those others, those peers, those, those mentors, those role models, those communities to really help you get there. Well, so now that like I know your background, right, and like how you have evolved over time, now I'm curious, like what if you had known, like, so what you know right now, what if you had known this some like a while ago, like where would you have been in 10 years? Yeah, so I think, I think, you know, anyone would say that life is just full of unknown situations, life is full of these tough challenges, no matter what stage you are at. And, um, you know, if I were able to kind of tell my, you know, tell myself and look back, you know, I, I would say that whatever place in life you happen to be, it's never too early or too late to cultivate something that I think we talk a lot about, but to cultivate and foster that growth mindset. And when I say growth mindset, it's that ability to um, face challenges, to face setbacks, 
as a as an opportunity to learn and grow. It's not a it's not a statement of failure. It is actually an opportunity to um, really become a better version of yourself. Um, and so, you know, certainly there's opportunities that you can change. You know, some of the the uh, your own thinking, your own kind of inner voice that might be telling you that you messed up, and because of that, you know, you can't do it. There's a really a way to just kind of change that to say, you know, um, I, I can't do it. That's something that was tough. I didn't get it right, but I certainly won't do that next time. Or here's the lessons that I learned from that. It's about getting support from others that I talked about and and really cultivating that growth mindset because I think all of that then contributes to, you know, your growing self-confidence, um, stronger work ethic, and really a greater sense of belonging, whether that would be in the field that you're studying or the community that you're in. And so being such a prominent leader yourself, who was your inspiration um, like for your leadership style and either personally or on a larger scale nationally or globally? Yeah, yeah, I, I, get, I get this question asked often. And I, I, I realized, you know, when I was needing to pick one, it was really hard because I have been so fortunate to have been exposed to so many different people. Um, people that are in the in the spotlight, people that you know may not be that are kind of quietly alongside of you, um, and I have to say that I feel I feel really fortunate to really find inspiration in so many of the people that I work with, beside or 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 for or or those who who are helping me. Um, I, I look at people individually, and so many people have overcome challenges. Um, so many people are doing their part to make a difference for their families, for their communities, or, you know, on a, on a global scale, you know, to make the world a better place. And I'm, I'm truly inspired by the leadership that they show. They might not have that title. They might not be in that position, but the work that they do every day, truly. So, um, so not to say it's a cop-out, but I, I really do try to, you know, just, just take, put myself in, in their shoes and really admire the accomplishments that that people have made along the way and again um, whether it's a you know whether it's someone that I'm working for whether it's a, a role model or whether it's someone that, that I see every day um, I would say if I have to call out anyone um, I would I would call out my mother um, she you know I think about her journey where she immigrated to this country at a really young age from China she was one of the few women who majored in math and then had a career as a computer programmer she um, you know, raised three kids and she just celebrated her 80th birthday oh, and she's nice. in incredible health. So um, she's, she truly is an inspiration. Um, I wish I could be like her when I grow up. And, and that's even what my kids say too. They wish they could be like their grandmother. <laughs> when, when <they> <laughs> oh man, that, that is so heartwarming. That's, that's beautiful. So being a grad student, I come across other grad students and including myself, like we all undergo this imposter syndrome and throughout your career like I'm sure you have you've been in different like you know different gender dominated fields or some like you know you've been around with Taipei people obviously so like how do you come across like how do you overcome your imposter syndrome have you had any like what, what's yes the so first of all absolutely I definitely <laughs> had imposter syndrome I had imposter syndrome before they gave that a term um I was <laughs> I was, you know, looking back, I was placed in these jobs that I had never done before. 
and and people i was there because people believed that i had the potential to rise to the occasion so it, it wasn't that i you know all this experience doing these different jobs it was that people believed in me and the problem was is that i didn't really believe in myself you know i didn't really think that i i've never done this before i don't i don't know if i can do this and at least that was the thinking um, in the beginning i was really fortunate to have um, you know, like I mentioned before, some mentors and peers, and particularly I um, had the help of a executive coach along the way. And, and with all those folks, you know, over time, I learned, I talked a little bit before about this inner voice sometimes that we have for ourselves. Yeah. You know, over time, I learned to change that inner voice from one of, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this to intentionally saying, I'm going to give it a try because I think I can. Um, and and, and sometimes I had to force myself to say that um, because I may not have had the expertise in this particular area, but I did bring a certain set of experiences and skills to the table that really no one else did. And that's what I needed to learn how to lean into. And that's what I needed to know how to draw from and, and contribute. The fact that I didn't have you know, that expertise over there, that wouldn't be you know, productive of me to try to you know, get smart on on digital transformation when I wasn't, you know, a, a software engineer, but I did bring a whole plethora of other experiences as I got into these different jobs. And so, you know, and if you look at my career, it's, it's not kind of one linear path, right? It's very zigzagged along the way. And, um, and so now, you know, when I'm thrown into a new job, I can, I can tell myself that I know it's going to be bumpy for the first bit. I know I'm going to need a few months to get my bearings, you know, but I know that in time I will take it in, lean on the my the strengths and experience that I've had, and I'll turn that corner and I'll be able to be off to the races. But it took a it took a bit to be able to kind of train your mind to do that. I, I sometimes talk about how it's um a muscle that you flex. You know, when you're first working out and 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 you start flexing that muscle, it's really sore, right? And, and so this idea of kind of being in a new environment, wondering if you can do it, if you're not used to kind of flexing that muscle of kind of that self-talk of, you know what, I can do this. I just need to let myself transition, let myself get my bearings and lean into where I can. Um, it's gonna it's gonna feel sore, but after a while, when you flex that muscle a couple of times, you're in shape, right? And when you get thrown into that situation, um, you're ready to go. No, that, that's true. And uh, like, I, I have to be honest, like, we all battle with this so much uh, uh, like between grad students. Like that's the most I see because being in this PhD candidacy where you're kind of hovering yeah. and not necessarily on the ground or, you know, you reached your goal. Like, I don't think I'm doing enough all the time. It's just. No, I mean, and I, and, and, you know, just in your background, what you shared with me, right. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, what a rock star. Right. And so. <laughs> And, uh, you know, truly, I mean, think about all the things that you had to do to, to get there. And that's pretty impressive in itself. I, I don't know about you. I tend to sometimes um, not think about kind of what I've accomplished and go to the next thing and go to the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that uh, someone gave me some really good advice is to, to celebrate those wins and to really acknowledge that, you know what, you hit this milestone and that is amazing. And that also helps. It's like, you know what? I I have had these experiences and I do have this to contribute. One last question I have is, how would you sum up Elaine Ho in three words? I think for, for me, what I 
thought about it instead of like three adjectives, I thought about, um, I thought journey, not the destination. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, I think that there's, for me, it's so much about the, not getting to that, that ultimate goal, but the, but the path along the way, the journey along the way, what you learn and the people you encounter. Um, that's so much to me, who, core of, of who I am, um, because that, that's what's going to make the difference is, is the people along the way, the people that, the things that you learn along the way and that process of growing and that process of, of, like I said, becoming a better version of yourself. That to me is so much more important than, than achieving the, the ultimate thing. So, um, and that's just kind of how I, I have my mindset every day. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can talk about making a difference. You can take action to make a difference or you can join DBE in doing both. Until next time, stay blessed and be inspired. DBE Magazine Excellence 